the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. The program is dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Friends, it's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And as you know, on our program, The Roger Franklin Williams Show, we talk about those issues from a perspective that honors America's founding traditions of God, family, country, respects our founding documents and the principles upon which our country was founded. Of course, this is another edition of our election 2022 series, and we've got three outstanding candidates joining us. Later in the show, we look forward to speaking with Judge Ken Lester. He's a candidate for Seminole County Judge. A little bit later, we also we look forward to speaking with Judge Chu, Circuit Court Judge, uh, Judge Vincent Chu of Osceola and Orange Counties. Right now, we're pleased to be joined by Bonnie Jackson, who's a candidate in a Republican primary for the Florida House of Representatives, and it is a seat where the the winner of this primary will be taking on one of the most liberal, one of the most woke members of the Florida legislature. So it's a very important race, and the eyes of many people are fixated on this particular race, and we're pleased to be speaking with one of the candidates right now, Bonnie Jackson. Bonnie, thank you for joining us, and you know, can you kind of pick it up there and just talk about the, the stakes uh, for for the Republicans and for God, family, country, uh, uh, patriotic Americans in, in the race that you are actively involved in? Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's good to be with another um, American who cares about American values and and is doing his part to you know try to shape our country and our culture. So thank you for having me. Um, it's a good question. Uh, stakes in Florida House District 42 could not be any higher, and the differences between myself and the current occupant of House District 42 could not be any any starker. Uh, the current representative is a woman named Anna Escamani. Uh, I believe she's about 31 years old, um, not married, no children, um, and her claim to fame is she's a gender studies graduate who had an abortion and her mother had an abortion and she used to work as a director of Planned Parenthood. So she is, uh, she believes very fervently in abortion, um, a very anti-life candidate. Um, she's also very anti-American. Um, she voted against a bill to prevent sanctuary cities. Uh, from popping up in Florida. Thankfully, it passed without her help. Uh, she voted against legislation that would increase penalties for those trafficking in fentanyl. Uh, thankfully, that also passed without her help. And she voted against increased benefits 
for law enforcement. And that also passed without her help. I mean, I could go on and on. She's very anti-law and order. She's very anti-America. And I am very pro-America. Um, this, I think, is going to be the year of the family. And this is our opportunity to remove, or should we say fire, Anna Escobani. We're speaking with Bonnie Jackson on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. She's a candidate for the Florida House of Representatives, District 42. And to pick it up there, you know, the way that you actually came to my attention, Bonnie, was you have been out front on some of these issues that you're that you're speaking with uh, about, you know, important cultural issues to the fabric and the future of our country. Uh, can you talk about uh, two or three of those that you've been actively involved in and, and that are most important to you? Yeah, thank you for the question. I appreciate that. Yeah, Republicans, generally speaking, tend to shy away from cultural issues. But um, I, I am running head-on into cultural issues because the destruction of our, our family is leading to the destruction of, of our country. I mean, it's like a, a cancer that is eating us from within. Uh, there's nothing more important than family. When When we're all at the end of our lives, we're not going to look back and think, you know, I wish I'd worked another day. I wish I'd spent another day on a plane or another day making a dollar. We're going to think about our family. Family is so important. And I have been fighting, first and foremost, for my family. I've raised three children with my husband of 27 years, all in Orange County. We worked together to make sure that they had a a balanced life, that they knew they were loved, Um, always checking what books were coming home from school, trying to get to know the teachers, volunteering, Um, in the school, on the playground, field trips. But I also volunteered in my community um, with my kids. We we served meals at the Coalition for the Homeless. Uh, We served meals in the Interfaith Hospitality Network through our church. Um, I also was part of the pro-life ministry at my church and prayed outside of abortion clinics in, in Orlando and in Altamont Springs. Um, I served on two separate city boards in, in the city of Winter Park for three years, and I also served um, as the chair of a Florida Bar Grievance Committee because I'm, a, I'm an attorney. I'm a licensed attorney, and I care about my profession. I think it's an honorable profession, and I would like to continue to work hard to see it remain an honorable profession. So I've been, you know, I was also a guardian ad litem for over a decade, um, you know, spending my time trying to help families, and especially children who were taken from their parents uh, because of abuse, neglect um, of some kind. So I learned a lot about the juvenile justice system, and and we need to make some changes, that's for sure. But my, my goal is this needs to be, or I, what I believe will happen is this is the year of the family, and the family candidates are going to prevail. And if I may, I, you know, I'm so impressed by this Tudor Dixon, this lady out of uh, Michigan, who won the Republican primary to take on Gretchen Whitmer for governor. And um, her focus was family values, and that is my focus, and I think that resonates with people of every political party. You know, we appreciate the work that, that you've done. Um, you're just out down in the vineyards, if you will, um, making a difference every day. And we'll be right back from the Roger Franklin Williams Show with Bonnie Jackson, Republican candidate in the Republican primary for Florida House seat number 42. Please stay with us.
Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show and our conversation with Bonnie Jackson, Republican candidate for Florida House seat number 42 in the Republican primary. I'd like to follow that up with with one more specific issue, if you will, and, and that's an issue that's important to me. And I think that uh, and most, if not every single one of our listeners and that Governor DeSantis has done tremendous uh, great work on it and leadership is this initiative to that he undertook to, um, you know, prohibit, if you will, stop public schools from, you know, teaching uh, transgenderism, if you will, um, and, and, and I guess sexualizing, you know, little kids, you know, as early as kindergarten. Right. Can, can you can you, you know, just address that? Well, it's so wonderful to have uh, uh, someone in Ron DeSantis' position as governor of the state of Florida taking the lead on so many important issues. And it just so happens that he's also a lawyer and he's also a family man, um, you know, with a loving wife and beautiful children. And so he gets it. He is willing to take these wokesters on um, because he knows that this is destroying family, which ultimately is destroying our country. I mean, if you think about it, there's no other illness out there where the patient decides what they have and then the professional, the medical professional, is supposed to affirm what the patient says. But that's what these liberal leftists are out there saying. They're saying, no, you must, you know, affirm. We need gender affirmation care. Well, if you're going to affirm someone's gender, well, then you're going to affirm what they already are. I mean, whatever happened to teaching children to love themselves, whatever size, shape, race, religion, whatever they are, they should be accepted and loved. But what these people are doing is the exact opposite of what they claim they're doing. They're claiming that they're affirming someone's gender, but what they're actually doing is stopping the natural growth and and development of a child. I mean, this is abuse of what's going on. Uh, they're using off-label drugs, what they call puberty blockers, and they're performing just grotesque surgeries. They're, they're slicing these children up. They are committing them to a life of scarring, sterility, uh, mental illness, and the professionals are so clear on gender dysphoria that this is a very rare condition. It happens in very young children when it does happen, and that it almost always resolves by the time they are out of puberty. So what's going on now is child abuse. And I am just, uh, you know, gen- this gender dysphoria is only one part of what's been going on. You know, this this just obnoxious, uh, proliferation of rainbow flags and rainbow lanyards on the teachers and rainbow stickers on the door and Pride Month painted all over the classrooms and out on the, you know, the, the school uh, board out in front of the school, the, uh, the display. Everywhere you go is rainbow, rainbow. I mean, if that is not indoctrination, then I don't know what is. Thank you for your strong stand on that. And this is also a very relevant issue in your particular race, too, because it is the Florida House of Representatives that will be dealing with this this exact issue in the Florida public schools. And it's an issue where you and your your Democrat opponent will be on the exact opposite sides. Yeah, 
Right, right. So the, uh, you know, the Department of Health has made a recommendation. They were taking that up today, actually, uh, whether or not they were going to have uh, to accept these recommended standards for doctors in the state of Florida, and that is that you do not perform these kinds of surgeries or give these kinds of drugs to minors unless you have informed consent. And my opponent, Anna Eskamani, is out there protesting. I mean, she's never seen a camera or a microphone that she didn't love. That is all she does. She's divisive. She's about protests and, you know, big horns, you know, megaphones out on the corner. Um, That's not the role of a lawmaker. We are not activists. A lawmaker is supposed to thoughtfully consider what is best for their constituents, all of their constituents. And from what I can tell, Anna Eskamani serves a very small constituency in House District 42. She serves the people on the very extreme left-wing end of her party who want puberty blockers and, and, and all kinds of surgical so-called treatment. She thinks you know, abortion is health care. She would have abortion on demand if it were up to her. She thinks it's a human right to be able to abort your child at any period of gestation. And that is just unconscionable, and that is anti-family and anti-humanity. So this is our opportunity to remove her from office. It's going to be a red wave year. This is the year of the family, and the Republicans need to come out in droves and support Republican candidates. Well stated, and I would just emphasize once again for our listeners, this particular race, Florida House seat 42, will be a race where the Republican and the, uh, and, and the Democrat will have dramatically different uh, you know, uh, positions, uh, and the incumbent Democrat is way heavily on the woke side of, of things. Now, uh, we, we're going to go just a little bit long, longer in this segment, because um, i got one more important question, too, or um, topic, is that... You know, we've we've talked primarily about the you know the dramatic you know uh, con, con, you know conflict if you will difference of opinion between that, that that looms in the general election, but you know before that there's a very important election that's the primary on April the, on August the 23rd. You are in a primary. You do have a primary opponent. So uh, and I encourage everybody listening to the primary election is absolutely crucial. Don't forget about the primary, uh, no matter you know, where you stand on it. But um, we can you just address you know what what, what in, in these the last few moments we have or what you would share with our listeners as to why you're the the best uh, you know best candidate to carry the banner for the Republicans in this battle in November versus the woke Democrat candidate. Well, thank you for the question. I have one Republican opponent in the primary. Early voting starts August eighth, and that goes to August twenty first, and then the primary election day. Is August the 23rd. So if you're a Republican in House District 42, you will see two names on the ballot. They're in alphabetical order. So the first name will be David Dwyer. That's my opponent. And then you will see my name, Bonnie Jackson. And I would like and request <laughs> that your listeners vote for me. And let me tell you why. First of all, I am the best candidate to beat Anna Eskamani. I have a perspective that my opponent, either my my Republican opponent or Anna Eskamani, my Democrat opponent, has. And that perspective is I've been married for 27 years. 
which means I know about commitment, I know about loyalty, I know about working as a team. I've also raised three children with my husband, all in Orange County, and that requires sacrifice and that requires hard work. I've also founded my own law practice, and I've been working as an attorney and a former prosecutor, so I know uh, something about balancing your work and your family. And that's also a perspective that my opponent does not have because he's never been married and he doesn't have any children. I'm also the only one running who owns property in the district. I've been a, a homeowner with my husband um, in the same district for over two decades. And I think that's also important because I care about property values, property taxes, uh, safety of neighborhoods. Uh, my Republican primary opponent doesn't own any property in the district. In fact, he's gone on a podcast and talked about property that he owns in North Carolina and how frequently he goes there and that when he's here running as a candidate, he rents that property out and that's where he wants to go when he retires. So I'm not sure what he's doing in Florida. He's not originally from Florida, but I have very strong roots here in Florida. Um, as I said, I own property. I've raised three children here. I'm an attorney. I have my own law practice here. I am committed to my community, and I'm also a precinct committee woman in the Orange County Republican Executive Committee, and I'm the president of the Winter Park Republican Women Federated. So I have been working for conservative candidates and causes for decades. I have a track record and a history that my opponent does not have. Thank you for sharing with us. Bonnie Jackson, candidate for the Florida House of Representatives District 42. She is in a primary um, before the general election. And I would just want to add before we wrap this up, and you definitely um, you know, have a track record of being out front on the issues that you're passionate about and that you know, patriotic God, family, country, Republicans and citizens and Americans are passionate about. And appreciate you joining us today. I, I really appreciate it. May I add one more thing? I know we've gone a little long. You yes, time go ahead. For one more go ahead. You know, one, I would ask your listeners to think about this. If you have a mother, well, we all have a mother, a mother, a sister, a wife, a daughter, we have got to protect women and girls from this ridiculous transgender uh, movement. You know, when a woman or a young girl goes into a bathroom or a locker room, she should feel safe. She shouldn't have to worry that a man who's decided he's a woman is going to walk in there. And how about young girls and, and young women in sports, you know how much you sacrifice when you commit yourself to a sport? You know, you don't get to go out on the weekends. You don't get to do the kinds of things that other kids do. I mean, these young girls, you know, dedicate themselves to a sport, and then a man comes along who's decided he wants to be a track track and field superstar in the women's side. And it's the same in swimming. It's, it's, you know, men have a bigger muscle mass, a bigger skeletal structure on average. They're, they're much bigger and stronger than women. And a one-year puberty blockers, which is what the standard has been set by the NCAA, which is a joke, is not going to fix the disadvantage that a woman has competing against a man. And I am just worried about how hard women have fought for equality and sport and what it's doing to their um, their their own sense of, of worth and how hard they work. I mean, 
I, I'm not saying that everybody goes out to women's sports like they do to men's sports and or they bring in the same amount of money. I'm not saying any of that at all. I'm just saying sports have such a wonderful benefit mentally and physically for men and also for women. And we just need to, you know, I don't see women going into men's sports and taking anything from them. It's the other way around. And we need to protect them. And Anna Eskamani could care less about women and girls in sports or in, in vulnerable spaces like bathrooms and locker rooms. And I'll tell you, I care a lot. And I'm going to fight hard for family values and for young women and girls. And I just thank you for indulging me to add that. Thank you for adding it, because that's a major issue of mine, actually. And I'm and you were so uh, beautifully articulate with it. And um, you appreciate, uh, you know, and this is an example of the kind of positions that you take and the kind of, you know, fighting that, that you're involved in. So we, we really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you again for having me, and God bless you. Thank you. Bonnie Jackson, candidate for Florida House Representatives, seat 42, and she will be in the Republican primary. Well, friends, we'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Friends, it's great to be with you today. And thank you for the opportunity to join you during these important times. Of course, this is another edition of the Roger Franklin Williams Show 2022 election series. We have three outstanding candidates joining us today. You just heard from Bonnie Jackson, candidate for the Florida House of Representatives, District 42. Right now, we're going to speak with Judge Vincent Chu, who's a candidate for Orange Osceola County Circuit Judge. And he's an uh, incumbent judge uh, right now. And then later, we'll hear from Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. Before we go to Judge Chu, I want to of course, remind you that our program, The Roger Franklin Williams Show, is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster, Prime Cuts of Beef, and Cold Water Australian Lobster, served in an atmosphere of old-school elegance and sophistication. Make your next celebration truly special. Celebrate at Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. Now let's go to Judge Vincent Chu. And Judge, thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Roger. Yeah, I've enjoyed meeting you at some of the, the hobnobs around town. I see you out campaigning hard, and it's uh, great to have you uh, share a little uh, about your background uh, w- with our listeners today. Sure. Thanks for, thanks for having me. It's, a, it's, a, it's an honor to be here. Uh, you want me to dive in and uh, well, tell you a little you, bit about myself? Well, yeah, why don't we start, if you could, and just talk about the position itself, because I know in, I know myself, uh, speaking for myself personally, and I haven't always known exactly what a circuit court judge and um, does, and I, I realize a lot of citizens are in, this, in the same way. So if you could just kind of you know, give us a brief overview of, of the role of a circuit judge, specifically in Orange and Osceola, and, and, and start there. Sure. Um, so we're, we're trial judges uh, at the circuit level. Uh, we handle uh, civil cases uh, over $30,000. Uh, we handle criminal cases involving felonies. Uh, we handle family um, uh, family cases such as uh, divorces and child custody and child support and adoptions. Uh, and then there's, there's, a, there's a couple other courts that, that are also involved, juvenile, dependency, you know, probates, wills and trusts. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that, that's the, the general gist of it. And, you know, we basically handle the cases at trial. Um, you know, we, we're, we're dealing with individual people's cases. 
And now can you talk about, you know, as, as I mentioned uh, briefly, you are an incumbent judge. You're on the bench now. Can you talk about, and, and you are, you, know, in, in, you have an opponent in this election. You, will, you are on the ballot. Um, talk about how your experience, you know, a, as a judge, ha- having done the job, um, you know, prepares you, um, you know, say, to, to be the best candidate in this race. Sure. So I've been uh, on the bench for about three years. I was appointed in uh, October of 2019. And uh, I spent a little over two years in family court uh, doing, uh, like I said, doing divorces, child support, child custody. And uh, since the beginning of this year, I've been in civil, uh, handling uh, civil lawsuits. And and that, that level of experience, number one, I mean, look, the best preparation for being a good judge is is being a judge uh, and doing it and doing it well. But the other part is, is the breadth of experience. So I've I've got a couple of years of family under my belt. I've got close to a year in civil, um, and my background as a I was a um, spent most I spent 15 years as a prosecutor, state and federal, but mostly with the U.S. Attorney's Office. So my background's in criminal. So uh, at this point, I've sort of seen it all. I've tried a lot of cases as a lawyer, tried a lot of cases now as a judge. Uh, and uh, so, you know, there's, there's, there's no on-the-job time uh, or training time, uh, you know, left for me. The other thing I'd say is that, you know, you've got, you got three years of tape on me. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've got the overwhelming support of the bar. So obviously, I, I think people are pretty happy with that tape. Uh, and you don't have to guess what kind of judge I'm going to be based on, you know, promises I make or, you know, little tidbits about me. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show right now. We're speaking with Judge Vincent Chu. He's a candidate for re-election to the position of Orange and Osceola County Circuit Judge. It's all a part of our Roger Franklin Williams Show 2022 election series. And you know, Judge Chu, you've you know, did a great job of giving an overview of of the breadth of your experience, of, of versatility of experience. You know, as a judge, as a, a lawyer. Um, as a prosecutor, um, can you talk about now? I know one of the things that's important um, to the judge, to a, a very important position such as a judge, you know, making decisions about the lives and property of other people, is some of your personal background. And uh, can you is there anything? You know, can you share a little bit about about your personal background? Sure. So, um, you know, my uh, my parents came to the United States about a year before I was born. Um, you know, and I you know I don't come from a lot. Um, you know, both of my parents sort of scraped by uh, most of my, my childhood as, as small business owners, and they worked hard and, you know, built the best life, life for themselves that, that they could. So I, you know, I start out with the, and I'm the first in my family to go to college. Uh, so, you know, I start out with the sort of the mindset of understanding the value of hard work and understanding how hard it is, you know, for people to, to obtain what they have. Uh, and, and to build the lives that they have, um, you know. And then, I, you know, I, I was uh, I was actually going to be a missionary. So my my path to the bench starts about uh, you know about 20 years ago in a uh, in, in a little over 20 years ago in the mission field in Africa. Uh, and I was going to be a missionary. I decided that I was going to do it. That's what I was going to spend my life doing. Uh, and uh, I had also applied to some law schools. And the morning I was going to sign up, I got a call from uh, the Ohio State University School of Law uh, offering me a full scholarship to go to law school. So, you know, I, I took that as a rejection letter from God um, or, or perhaps a call to something different. Uh, and that's, 
and because of that, though, that's why I went into public service. Uh, I felt like I, you know, I had this gift, and I, I wanted to make a difference with it. And you know, that's what took me to the state attorney's office, to the U.S. attorney's office, and now, uh, now to the bench. Prince, we're speaking. No, and I've got also I'm the father of three kids. Uh, my wife and I live in downtown Orlando. Uh, got three kids, 11, uh, 11, nine, and six. Prince, we're speaking with Judge Vincent Chu on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. He is a income, he's seeking re-election to the position he currently holds as an Orange Osceola County Circuit Judge. You know, and, and Judge Chu, as we were talking a little bit off the air, um, you know, many of our listeners know I um, yeah, have a passion for sports and um, have for for pretty much all my life. And you know, we kind of talked a little bit about some some sports and and, and your background uh, in football. And you, you can you tell you had a, a, a what I consider to be an extraordinary achievement back during your high school football playing days in New Jersey, you actually, um, you had an encounter with a future Heisman Trophy winner that uh, pretty much, uh, you know, I would say, uh, you know, you met with success. So can you, can you maybe briefly share about that with us? Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think with, with football and perhaps even with, with law, a lot of times it's about, about a matter of being in the right place at the right time. So we played, uh, when I was in high school, we played a, a school nearby that had this stud running back by the name of Ron Bain. Uh, I think we, he was about 265 pounds, and I think he ran at 4740 at 4640 uh, at that point. Uh, and uh, I did, did get credit for one tackle on him. Uh, I threw myself at his feet. He kind of got his legs tangled up uh, in, in my you know, prone body. Uh, but technically I, I did tackle Ron Dane. Yeah. Hey, that, that, that's enough for me. In fact, I'm uh, very impressed by that. And, you know, I know uh, some of our listeners won't uh, be familiar with Ron Dane a lot, lot, lot will. And you have to refresh the memory. He, yeah. As you said, he was just uh, looked about the size of a, of a, of a big dump truck. Uh, what six, two or so, as you said, about 265 pounds. And um, you always seem to run straight ahead and, um, you know, set, set you know, extraordinary records at, at University of Wisconsin where he won the Heisman Trophy. And so I, I certainly commend you for having the, uh, the courage to, to, to get in front of, in front of Ron Dane because I don't know, uh, speaking for myself, I don't think I would have been up to that task, certainly. But, uh, you know, that, that, that's a, thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, then, yeah. Thanks for letting me relive my, uh, my, 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 my one glorious moment. <laughs> Can you, um, you know, as we, uh, you know, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners just about the role, you know, um, you know, of Orange County Circuit, Osceola County Circuit Judge? Uh, anything else you'd like to share about the importance of the position, or, or you know, why they, um, you know, um, why you would be the candidate that, that that they should choose? Sure. I, I mean, I, I think the one thing that we don't concentrate enough on in judicial races um, is character. You know, I, I think we look at these other political races and we're like, Oh, what do you, what's your policy? What's your platform with judges? You know, there's no policy. There's no platform. We follow the law, you know, and we handle your cases. I think really what, 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 you you know, I think voters should be concerned about is if you're going to be standing in front of someone who's going to make an important decision about their life, what kind of character does that person have? Um, you know, and I, I, and I think where you find that is in someone's reputation. And, and you know, that, that can be challenging to find. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can go to people's websites, you can go to my campaign website, you can look at what the lawyers have to say. Uh, people who have been in front of them, you know, have to say about them. 
because I think at the end of the day, that's what matters. Uh, not, you know, not promises that people make. It's who they are, who they've proven to be. Uh, and like I said, I've got three years of tape on me, so I, I think I'm a fairly known commodity. Um, and, and I think that's really what, what voters should be concerned about, because ultimately that's what matters uh, when you're standing in front of a judge, is what they're made of inside. We appreciate the, the job that you, you have done and that you do, and appreciate you joining us today to share a little bit about it with us. Thanks so much, Roger. Judge Vincent Chu, he's a candidate for re-election to the position of Orange and Osceola County Circuit Judge. Well, friends, we're going to go to a break in just a moment. When we come back, we'll speak to another candidate for judge, this time in Seminole County, Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. Before we go to that break, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair and remind you that if you or anyone you know needs to find a place that will care for your car, truck, SUV, any other vehicle you may own with old-school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I urge you to get over to see my friends Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. They're located 1908 South Hard Trail of Popka. Please stay with us. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now back to the studio. Here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. Friends, it's great to be with you today. It's especially great to be with you during such important times, uh, important times in our nation, and especially during an eagerly anticipated election series season. I know many people are really fixated or you know looking forward to the November general election, but really. Uh, the primary elections is, are just as important as the general, if not more important, I would argue even more important, because there are actually more candidates on the ballot in the primaries. And so that's just uh, one thing that I'll share with you as we um, go about our program. We're, right now we're pleased to be joined by a candidate in the on the ballot in the primary, the, the primary election, which, of course, early voting starts on uh, August the 8th. The election day is the 23rd. Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. And before we go to to him, to uh, we're going to, I want to, of course, remind you that the candidates that you hear on our program are supported and are, are brought to you by our friends at Florida Door Solutions. Florida Door Solutions supports our program and all the programs you hear right here on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer, and our messages of patriotism and support for our free enterprise system. You can find them at FLADoor.com or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. That's 866-FLA-DOOR, Florida Door Solutions. Now, let's go to Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. Great to catch up with you again. Roger, good to be here, my friend. How are you doing today? Doing well, busy day, and I know it's very busy for you and, and all of our other candidates. Um, you know, when, with the uh, you know, the primary uh, looming now, um, Election Day the 23rd, as I mentioned, and, of course, early voting starting on the 8th, why don't you – Can you? I know you've got um, – one of the things that you, that you have, one of your assets 
in this election is the experience that you have not only in the legal profession, not only as an attorney, practicing attorney, but actually as a sitting judge on the bench. Would you uh, like care to address you know your experience and how that relates to this particular race? Uh, I'm more than happy to, Roger. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I was a circuit court judge in the 18th Judicial Circuit for 24 years. I did a variety of jobs in that capacity. I was a circuit court felony judge, and I was the administrative chief for a number of years in that particular division. And that tries the most serious of uh, charges and crimes that exist in our society all the way up to and including the death penalty. Uh, did that for a number of years, did thousands upon thousands upon thousands of cases. So I have a good sense of fairness and proportionality just from the huge number of cases that I did throughout the years. And so I think I've been battle-tested, and I think I've been hardened by the process to the extent to where you have a durable judge. You don't have a judge who is going to be uh, somewhat weakened by the system. I've already been through the fire. I've been tested. You know exactly what you're getting. I've been reviewed by the attorneys, both the defense and the prosecution over the years, and they've given me very good marks throughout the years. In the last nine out of the ten years of my time on the bench as a circuit felony judge, I was rated the top judge uh, overall for circuit criminal, and that includes a variety of, uh, of areas. That's things such as experience, judicial temperament, efficiency and effectiveness, and cordiality, and freedom from bias. Those are very important qualities that you want to have in a judge, and those are very important qualities that the attorneys look for also. They also want to see a judge that creates an atmosphere in the courtroom where everyone is treated with respect and where the attorneys are able to do the best job for their clients. The clients want to fill at ease. The clients want to be able to make a good decision under very difficult situation, under a very difficult situation or circumstances. Even though it may not, as we often say, be the best day in their life, they still need to make a good decision. And if you create the proper atmosphere for both the state and the defense, all sides do better, and I believe you get a better result overall and society benefits. So that was 18 years for the most part as a circuit criminal judge. In addition to that, I did a variety of civil cases. I've been the chief of the probate division, the guardianship division. I've dealt with risk protection orders. I've dealt with dependency matters and delinquency matters. Delinquency matters is where the kids get in trouble. Dependency matters is where you have parents who are not performing properly uh, with respect to taking care of their families or their children, and the state steps in. Those are all very serious matters, uh, especially uh, what I consider to be one of the most serious matters of all, where the state is saying that parents no longer should be the parents of these children, and we need to remove the children from the parents for the children's safety. So those are some of the most serious types of cases that society has offered. I dealt with those. What also is important that I've dealt with a variety of people that are in these situations that don't have an attorney or are looking for an attorney and don't know exactly what to do. So I have the procedure down to where we can afford these folks an opportunity to see what goes on in court and then to make a good decision about what attorney they want to get and what they should expect if something does go further in court. And that's very important in county court. In criminal we can almost always uh, get the person and an attorney unless they, for some reason, want to represent themselves. And there's a few people out there. There's a few budding young Clarence Darrow's who say, I can do this. And then there's a few other people who just say, this doesn't matter. I am not going to be bound by your laws. I'm going to be bound by my laws, and I'm going to do it my way. And those folks do exist. So either way, if they want to try their cases, we'll give them that opportunity. 
after we make sure they understand what's going on. In civil, it's a little bit different. You are not necessarily entitled to an attorney the same way you are in a criminal court situation. And so consequently, you may have to have a situation where you explain everything in great detail and depth to the parties or just one particular party. If there's an attorney on the other side, lots of times they go out into the hallway and they sit down and they go through what is transpiring as far as bringing that individual to court so that they have an understanding. Then when they come into court, I ask the attorney, has he explained that to the other party? Then I go through it with the party to make sure, in my view, that they understand what's going on in court. And so we can do that. And lots of times, in those types of matters, unless it's just two people who do not have attorneys, we're able to resolve the case short of a trial. We can get it resolved, or at least we can narrow down the issues that are to be tried, and it can be more efficient and more effective, and it's a little less wear and tear on everybody. So I think all that experience in some total leads to a better result in county court. Uh, like I say, if you had an individual uh, that, uh, and I, when I say an individual, I should say, let me give you this example. If you had a child that was injured in a playground accident, and you were taken to the emergency room, and you happen to see an intern there, you would say to yourself, okay, I got a new doctor. What would, it, what would you do if the chief of surgery came down and said, hey, I've seen a broken bone or two before. Let me take a look at your child. I don't think you would be upset if the chief of surgery started taking a look at your child and then entered in a playground accident. In my view, I'm somewhat like the chief of surgery coming down, taking a look at these county court cases, giving the benefit of all these years, all these experiences that I've had in circuit court, and also in private practice with these exact same type of issues so that you can get a good result. And that's what we want. I don't expect a perfect result. I don't think society expects perfection, but we do expect a good result. And that's what I want to deliver to the people of Summit County in a respectful fashion, in a fair fashion, and in an efficient fashion. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Frank and Williams Show, our election 2022 series. Right now we're speaking with Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. And now can, we got about three minutes uh, left and could you share with us, you know, a little bit about your personal background and, and, and what led you to the law? You know, I, I, you know, one of the things I've learned is over the years, judges, attorneys, uh, uh, many have very, there are many varied paths. Many people, different people take very different paths to, uh, to become an attorney and then um, become, and some of them become judges. Um, yours is a little bit unique in that you served in the military first. Can you share just briefly with you a, a little bit about your personal background? Sure. I grew up in the Central Florida area. I went to Boone High School. I know Roger still accepts me, even though I didn't go to Apopka, but I went to Boone High School. My senior year, I joined the United States Navy. When I was a teenager, I went to Vietnam. I served in combat in Vietnam. I got out of the Navy at age 20 and between the ages of 20 and 26 for my undergraduate and graduate degree at the University of Central Florida in accounting. I accomplished that, and then I went to law school at the University of Florida. Got all those three degrees done in six years. And I started practicing immediately in downtown Orlando, a lot of work in county court, which is where new attorneys start off. And I did it under the apprenticeship system almost. I had three attorneys who would take me to court to make sure I would do the work. Once I was able to be successful, they would move on, and then I would go from attorney to attorney, different area to different area. They don't really do it that much anymore. There's so many attorneys out there, we just don't have the time. As I went along and started my own practice, I traveled throughout the country. I did cases in state and federal courts throughout the country, serious matters, federal criminal matters. And I got to see a variety of judges, see a lot of different systems, judicial systems, court systems, and the way certain judges operated under particular situations. I feel that I was able to take the best 
of all those situations, all those judges, and combine them so that when I ran for judge and I became a judge for 24 years, I think that directly contributed to me being able to be rated so highly as a judge. In fact, that experience with all those judges throughout the country, throughout those situations, those serious cases, those minor cases, all led to the inescapable conclusion that you have to treat people with respect. You have to make it a comfortable situation in court as much as possible under very difficult situation circumstances. And finally, you have to follow the law and you have to get a good result that everybody knows, even though it may not be what they were looking for, they understand it's true and correct. And that's all they want in the judge. They, they want somebody who follows the law and is respectful and does not waste their time. Well, thank you for being here to share with us. I know you're out there working hard. Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Roger. Have a good day. Friends, it's been great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. Of course, these are very important times in which we live, and this election will go a long way into deciding the future in many respects. And I want to thank the candidates who joined us today on the show as well. Bonnie Jackson, candidate for Florida House of Representatives in the very crucial seat, District 42. Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge, and Judge Vincent Chu, candidate for re-election as Orange and Osceola County Circuit Judge. I want to give a shout-out to our wonderful sponsors who make our show possible and our producer, Jeff. Thank you for joining us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Have a wonderful day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.